0: Welcome to the MindTales podcast. We are a fast-growing tech mental health organization here to bring you the insights that you need to boost your emotional health and thrive in your daily life. It's our goal to make quality mental health care both accessible and inclusive. That's why part of our mission is to get discussions, conversations, and debates about mental health going. From psychiatrists to educators, entrepreneurs, and community members. We bring you the stories and experiences of health advocates from around the world. And that's what we're going to do today. If you like our episode or have any suggestions for future content, please like it, leave a comment, or connect with us on Instagram at MindTalesOfficial. It makes us so happy to hear from the MindTales community. Hi, Claire. Welcome to the My Tales Collective podcast. It's such a pleasure to be chatting with you today. Tell us how you're doing.
1: Really well today i made it to the gym for the first time in a week so amazing (laughs) my body is feeling like it's worked out so i feel very well today
0: thank you that's good to hear Um, so for those of you meeting claire stafford taylor for the first time claire has more than 17 years of experience in the field of psychology from teaching and applying psychology within organizations to also beginning her own organization conscious consulting I'm so excited to hear more about your journey and what first drew you to psychology. So, Claire, tell us about more. So, Claire, tell us more about your interest in this field and how it evolved over the years.
1: Thank you so much, Rasa. Um, so, if I go back, it's quite a long time. I'm going back now. I started studying psychology in 1996, so mm-hmm. showing my age a bit um, when I went <laughs> to university. <laughs> and um, and I was just drawn to the field because it's it's very broad. Um, yeah. And there's there's such a lot there to discover and explore. And I think I would characterize my journey in this field over the years as the more I've learned, the more that I've realized I don't know. Mm. So every time I do another qualification or any, any time I read another book or any time I study some more, it's one of those subjects that is just, it feels never ending to me. Right. That's my right. been my experience. So when I started, um, yeah, all those years ago, um, I, you know, I kind of studied across the board and, and um, originally I, I really wanted to work in educational psychology because I, I did a lot of teaching when I was younger. I would teach kids English. I would teach kids to horse ride. I did a, yeah. a few years in Japan teaching, and I just felt like this was going to be the, the the place that I could add value. Um, mm-hmm. And so I did a little bit of work experience with with an ed psych um, back in the UK. Yeah. And then I realized that actually, like, this was a very, there was a huge impact that these people had, but it was very much at the individual level, right? You're working with mm-hmm. one child and then one mm-hmm. child and then one child. Um... And then I was offered a job, um, a consulting role, actually, HR consulting yeah. role. And and I, I I got into that. It was supposed to be temporary while I was waiting for my ed psych master's to start. Right. Um, but then I realized, actually, in corporations, there's, um, I had an ability to make a bigger impact. So mm-hmm. you could impact at the individual level, but also you could shift things. So it made it better for everyone. Yeah. Um, so if individuals were having a particular experience a particular situation, then there was something that you could do to change things for everyone that made everyone's lives better. Right. And and I also realized that actually organizations, rightly or wrongly, it's maybe another podcast, have <laughs> the most influence on the world. And, mm. and, and I was kind of, you know, very ambitious and, and wanted to have a lot of influence and impact. And so I felt like this is where I wanted to spend my time. And so from about 2003, I think when I started this role and I just, I just stayed in it. I I kind of worked in, 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 in different, um, HR roles. And then at some point in 2012, I started to study psychology more. So I'd started from this very Western perspective, which was like neuropsychology, neuroscience, educational Mm -hmm. psychology, quite linear, Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, compartmentalized approach. Then I discovered this whole other world which was more was under the umbrella of I guess spirituality but there was a lot of explanations for human beings um, and human behavior that came from spirituality and so then I became really interested in how do we join the two because at the end it's all we're all one right we're like human beings whether we have a perspective of an eastern or a western or a holistic mindset and so then I became very interested um in in this area and and I studied most recently gestalt psychology and gestalt psychology is looking at the whole right um and I'm not finished I'm still studying and I'm still a work in progress <laughs> but yeah that's, that's kind of a potted history of how I got to where I am today <laughs>
0: um I love that there's been this element or theme of learning throughout your journey, and it's clear that that hasn't stopped and that that's um, still going. So I can only imagine that that's going to continue as well. So amongst many of the hats that you've worn, you're also a mother. And so how has this role of yours in motherhood or your journey through motherhood um, shaped and influenced your work?
1: And uh, tell us more about that. So now I'm reading mostly parenting books, actually, because this is like my area of learning right now. I have two young children, um, three and a half and one and a half. And I, I came to the motherhood journey a bit later in life for various right. reasons. So I, I had my first child at 39, okay. um, and my second one at 41. Um, and yeah, it's that, been a whole other learning for me, you know, and, right. and I think every, every experience we have in life gives us a, a bigger perspective or a, a higher level awareness of who we are and, uh-huh. and our children are definitely our greatest teachers. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, when I had Vincent, the elder one, um, I was still working in a corporate world. I was in, it was in Moobadilla at the time. I was heading mm. up an HR team mm-hmm. and we were opening offices all over the world that the part of the business that I was working in, um, yeah. which is called Mobadala Capital. And, it became very difficult for me to be present for Vincent in the way that I wanted to because of the, the requirement for, for work and it was over time zones and there was right. a lot of travel right. that was required. And so I came to this decision that I wanted to have another child and if, if I really wanted to kind of go wholeheartedly into the parenthood experience, I was going to need to make a difficult decision and step out of yeah. corporate life which I did. And, you know, I think lots of people have done this over the years. I'm so yeah. not the first or the yeah. last, but I felt like my kids are just young ones. Let me go do this. Yeah. And then I had Otis and Otis was a whole other level of learning for me because Otis arrived. Um, he was, he had, he had a, a condition where, which kept him in hospital for a few months. So he wasn't well when he came. And then he also had Down syndrome. Right. And so, you know, you have first child you think you know what you're doing with motherhood and then the second one comes along and they're entirely different yeah so you fool yourself into thinking you know what you're doing and then it's like I I don't know what I'm doing again now yeah yeah Um, but the beautiful thing about having Otis who thankfully is is you know came out of hospital and he's completely healthy um was that you know he's really completed our family and he's so different to Vincent um and and the learning that I had was how important it was to have these different personalities and different characters and different souls in our, in our family to make it whole. Mm -hmm. And So I I became very interested in inclusion, which has always been something I've been passionate about, but this, this kind of opened up something in me around, I wanted to create my own company. I knew that already, but when I created my own company, rather than just helping, the people in the corporate world who are who are doing very well anyway right these are kind of the people that are already very well off and already kind of in a, yeah. in a good space I wanted to have the opportunity or, or to be able to help a broader range of people so yeah. um that that was kind of what started the thought process really um and so it's, it's really influenced my work motherhood has massively influenced my work in that I now work for myself, I work from home, Um, and the intention is really to to help a broad range of people. Whoever wants to come work with with myself and with Conscious Consulting is very welcome. Right, right.
0: Yeah, I was just going to link the two and say, so it sounds like this propelled you to actually begin that organization, Conscious Consulting. Um, And so I'd love to hear more about what it was actually like starting this initiative what the mission is behind your organization and how it came about uh, as well.
1: Sure. Um, so this was something I always really wanted to do, but I never, I, I you know, the, the moment, I didn't know when the right moment was going to emerge. And then it became clear. So I had Otis, then there was COVID. Yeah. And then after COVID, I think there was, I mean, we still have COVID, but there was an, a point where everyone was at home for a long time, you'll remember. Yeah. And then I think October last, the nurseries opened again yeah. so I, that was the moment when I had like a little bit of time <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and I'd spent maybe the six months before that doing a lot of work on myself so I got myself a coach because this is a big transition for me and yeah. I worked with my coach to really clear any of the stuff that was still getting in my way right. um, and so that was really I think Critical, like key to being able to allow conscious consulting to emerge. And as soon as I cleared all my my own stuff, the name came. The team who who I wanted to work with just appeared in my mind, and I talked to all of them, and they all said yes. And there was no website or anything at this point. Yeah, and then I found the guy that was helped me with the logo and the branding and kind of the feel of who are we, Um, and yeah so it, it was really first of all a lot of self-work then the company kind of emerged and you know for the mission behind it I think at the most simple level it's around raising awareness like and and the concept that raising awareness is, is of itself transformational
0: mm. mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And so I've heard you speak a bit more about Conscious Consulting, so I know a bit more behind it, but um, I'm sure that it would be very helpful for you to explain the exact processes by which Conscious Consulting actually supports individuals to tackle their life's challenges and, and how do you support individuals through their unique life journey?
1: Sure. I mean, so we, we work with sometimes individuals, sometimes teams, sometimes organizations. So whoever really is drawn to come and work with us, like I said earlier, we'll engage with. And, yeah. and, and so at first, before we start really doing any work, we, we, we try to assess like, what is the situation? If it's an individual, I would typically um, do some kind of systemic mapping with that person. So that's understanding their system, understanding the elements in their system and their relationship to each other. So that's how I typically begin the individual um, the individual engagements i mean there's many ways that you can begin but this is one way that i really like because it gets people out of their heads and into their bodies and i think this is you know a, a big theme as well of our work and then the other the other way if we're working with a team or an organization is we typically start with a diagnostic so we have a couple of different assessments that we like to use one which is called barrett values which maps the culture of the either an individual or a team or an organization so understanding what's really the culture what are the values today and where do you want this to shift to gives us huge level of insight as to what's going on under the surface yeah and then there's another diagnostic tool that we love to use which is called org lens and org lens maps the relationships between the different people in the organization um and both of these um both of these diagnostics are done through a very simple assessment that everyone in the team or the company would do. Um, and, and we start with that because we want to start by like understanding who is this person or team or company, like who are you and, and, and what's, what's really going on? And then we talk about it. So we do the diagnostic and we talk about it. And then we see like, where is the energy of the person or the team to, to start work? Because sometimes you can present a, an, a, an assessment output and of the five things, there's only real energy to, to tackle one. So we start mm. there, you know? So we see where where the person is ready to start work and they know themselves and we trust them to know. And then we we kind of st- start the intervention there and then we kind of go on a journey together from, from that point. Wow.
0: I mean, just shifting our attention to the bigger picture of this decade as a whole, it's really been such a whirlwind with there's been so much going on politically, economically, socially, and it almost feels like it's just been speeding up a little bit. Um, And so how does your approach to supporting individuals with conscious consulting, how is it relevant in helping uh, communities or teams or even just individuals find their way through uncertainty
1: and novelty? Mm. I mean, I think you've touched on something, which is actually one of my favorite subjects, um, which is, um, you know, this current environment that we're in, which is, as you say, it's it's volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And there's an acronym for this, which is called VUCA, which is right. actually much faster to say than all those big words that I just said. So, right. <laughs> um, so this VUCA environment that, that, that we find ourselves in today is... Um, it requires a different approach, you know? So I think in the past, um, from the industrial era onwards until very recently, um, we thought that we could predict the future based on the past, right? So like right. if I'm a company or a person even, I'm like, okay, this is what I did last year. So I'm going to draw a straight line through the next 12 months. And that's going to be where I'm going to end up at the end of, of the following year. Right. And so we we, we we felt that we could that um, the world worked in a linear, logical fashion. Yes. And recently, I mean, the world never worked like that. So first of all, that mindset is an illusion and it's not real. Right. Um, but only recent events have kind of proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that that's actually the case. And and so people are now wondering, okay, so how do I work? How do I plan? How What, what can I do to to not just survive because we don't just want to survive like we want to thrive right and so how can i thrive And if this is the world that we're in we can't just like press pause and just wait until it all blows over and hope that we go back to the illusory state that was linear because that's not going to happen um and so we have to we have to use different. i mean we have all the resources first of all the good news is we have all the resources to survive and thrive in this environment so that's great news um but I think we had only in the past we'd really used limited parts of ourselves. So we we really used our cognitive faculties over and above everything else. So if you think about how you were educated, what you have to do to get a job in a corporate or any other environment, right? They they ask your mind. Yeah, <laughs> we just go with the brain. And I studied neuropsychology, and at the time we thought that was the seat of all being. And and you know mm-hmm. how limited that perspective is mm-hmm. now. Um, because the brain is just a processing tool it just processes that's all it does and it can be fooled but like through neuroplasticity you can rewire your brain yeah. so it's not really the seat of all being if you can just shift it you know at will mm-hmm. um so if the world isn't is non-linear um we need to use our other ways of knowing so we have four ways of knowing that's the great news we have the cognitive the embodied, the intuitive, and the emotional. And the way that we work is we help people to access all four of these ways of knowing, mm. to get data from all four aspects of themselves. And mm. so then when we're making choices about the future, we're using all of ourselves in order to mm. do that and available to us in order to do that.
0: I'm I'm just processing it myself. I, I always love hearing you talk about this subject because I find it so interesting um, too. And so actually when it comes to coping with the, with living in a VUCA world as you described it, how can individuals focus on grounding and anchoring themselves into the present moment rather than maybe reflecting on the past try to figure out what's coming in the future or feeling anxious about what's coming in the future and then never really being in this moment so how does your understanding of what uncertainty is and and the svuka world change your your outlook on uh, mental health and mindfulness
1: mm, that's a really good question it's like the so what you know like how do i like how do i apply it um, and I think that you know the key is and it's it's a it's a lifetime practice for me, right So I'm still working on this um, is to to get present, you know, to be really present. So because all of the information that you have you need is 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 available to you right now. Um, so if the world isn't linear and we can't control it, <laughs> what do we have? We have our inner world and and so that's what it becomes about. It becomes about, the internal experience Mm -hmm. and an understanding that inside ourselves, we have all of the capacity that we need to succeed in this, in this environment. And so, you know, to to get to a a place where we can almost like switch off the outside noise and we can start to work with our inner selves and, and, and take our information and our guidance from there. And and one of the things that I've realized over the years, and it's been a repeating pattern for me, it's taken me a while to really know it as a truth, um, is that when we change our internal reality, our external reality shifts automatically. And Mm. so rather than trying to go out into the world and change everything around you, I mean, that's like, A, it's really tiring. (laughs) And it's actually impossible, right? And so then just spend the time on yourself. This is what I do. I spend the time whenever I come up against something, whenever I can't, you know, things aren't flowing or stuff's getting in my way, or I'm mostly, I'm getting in my way, actually. Um, (laughs) I I do the inner work. And as soon as I do the inner work, then the external world world shifts automatically. And -hmm. this is like the, the trick. And I sometimes forget it, but this is the trick.
0: That, that actually reminds me so much of, um, I mean, also a similar concept in psychology when they talk about uh, the happiness set point or just your happiness, your levels of happiness over the amount of time and external influences change that just for a short period of time. And then you go back to where you were before. And the only actual way to shift your happiness baseline, so to say, is to work on yourself um, and work yes. on your inner reality and your inner perspective, like you were explaining.
1: That's exactly right. And you explained it very, very beautifully. Thank you.
0: No, thank you. Um, And so it's been great hearing more about your insights, Claire. So before you go, can you um, wrap up our conversation by telling us more about your relationship with your own mental health? What does mental health mean to you? And can you tell us your top three things that you do
1: to keep your mental health in check? Mm, And this is a huge question because this is I think this is what we've all been struggling with recently, you know, because we, and I speak to so many people that have anxiety and so many people that feel stressed and, and they don't sleep properly and, um, and it's really tough because there's no like just single easy answer. Otherwise we'd all be doing it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the one, if I, I mean, I, you have to exercise, you have to kind of be with your family, you know, all of these things that, that we know, but we sometimes forget. Um, but I think that the one, you know, if I did have like one answer to this, yeah. um, the one thing that keeps me really healthy that I do every single day is I, I meditate. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I do this is because it clears the stress patterns from your consciousness. Yeah. Um, In a way that, you know, in today's world, we're so bombarded with information and we're bombarded with stimuli in a way that 100 years ago didn't exist Like we have Mm -hmm. all of our screens and we have our phones and we're taking our kids here there and everywhere and then we have our own stuff going on and we're trying to like work and be healthy and look great and um, study and look after our kids. And like we're trying to be everything to everyone, right? And this is men and women, not, I mean, this is all of us. Um, And so during the day we don't sleep enough. That's the other problem, right? So we have more things that are are kind of bombarding our, our consciousness and we don't sleep enough. So typically when you sleep, you clear all of these stress patterns from your consciousness through dreaming. so you know you have these random dreams and you're like oh my god I had like this bit of my day mixed up with this bit of my day and I just don't understand what that was about that's all of your stress coming out so that's great if you do dream and and, and Mm. all this stuff comes out but we don't sleep enough so on top of your sleep cycle which should be at least seven to eight hours we need to meditate we need to have 20 minutes of, of meditation time and In order to meditate properly, we have to be within the subconscious mind. So Mm. simply shutting our eyes will take us from the busy kind of beta brainwaves, the very fast, Mm -hmm. like uh, brainwaves into a more calm and focused state in mind, which is brilliant. Mm. But we have, there's a technique which you can use to get over the the alpha bridge into the subconscious mind. And this is a, a, a technique, which is called the dynamic mind practice. Um, which is the meditation practice that I have done since twenty eleven, right? And wow. taught to me by a wonderful lady who's now eighty three, and her name is Gita Bellin, mm-hmm. and and because she's eighty three and she's kind of passing her knowledge over now and giving it away to the world, she's created this wonderful app um, which is called Dynamic Mind Practice. So mm-hmm. if you go onto your phone into your app store and you download this app. Um, this is my gift to whoever might be listening, actually. Um, this this is the one thing that I, I do myself every day and really works for me.
0: I absolutely love that. I will make sure that that is linked in the description so our audience members can find it and check it out. Thank you. Um, and where can they keep up with conscious consulting?
1: Uh, I mean, you know, you are like so good with... Um, social media and all these other things. This is something I need to find a social media person at, but you can keep up with us right now on our website. And if anyone wants to email me directly, my phone number and my email address are on there. So people can feel free to reach out.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Claire. It's been wonderful speaking with you and I hope we can have you back sometime in the future.
1: I'd love to. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you, Risa.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the MindTales Collective. If there were any questions that stood out to you, don't let these conversations stop here. Share your thoughts with your family and friends or send over a quick message to us on Instagram to share your thoughts with us. And don't forget to hit the follow button. You can find us at MindTales Official. We know it's been a tough year. We want to remind you to check in on how you're feeling and ask for help if you need it. Remember, self-care is more than a band-aid your mental health is important. Stay tuned for more content next week. Take care and talk to you soon.